Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 172nd episode of the Lunch Pal Guys podcast. I'm here today with Lucas, Bart, and Aiden, your host here. Uh, unfortunately, we are without the Ludecker bros, but uh, we'll still try to give you a good show here. And to start, as usual, we're going to go with some news that we missed, some stuff that we're not going to talk about specifically on this episode. Uh, the biggest stuff is NFL free agency just started and literally everyone has signed as far as I can see. So I'm going to go through kind of rapid fire uh, and then we're going to give some takeaways. So Jalen Ramsey was traded to the Dolphins. Uh, James Bradbury is back to the Eagles. Good news for Eagles fans. Hargrave to the 49ers. Jimmy G to the Raiders. Jacoby Myers also to the Raiders to help out Jimmy G. Jesse Bates to the Falcons, which I've been told was called on this podcast, not by me, definitely, because mm-hmm. <laughs> everything I every all the news I heard today, I was like wrong about that guy. I was wrong about that guy. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we also got Darren Waller moved from the Raiders to the Giants for a third rounder. Uh, Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys. Uh, he was traded there from the Colts, and uh, David Montgomery went to the Detroit Lions. So thoughts on these? Um, I'm surprised a little bit by Jimmy G to the Raiders. I think, I mean, it's yeah. a good move for them, I guess, replacing Carr. Jimmy G should be bolstered a lot by Devonte Adams, but I guess, I don't know. I, in my mind, it always felt like maybe he'll actually stay with the Niners still. <laughs> it's like odd kind of imagining him elsewhere. Like, even though I yeah. feel like I knew for a while he was probably going to leave and he was not the future there. He's always felt like the 49ers quarterback. Yep. And so... I don't know for anything else to happen is odd, but I mean he's gonna have crazy good offensive weapons, especially since they signed Jacoby Myers as well. Um, yep. mm. him, so they will not yeah, have we'll Darren see. Waller though. So. They will not have Darren Waller though. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm intrigued uh, by Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins yeah. too. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. They have like yeah. arguably the best uh, defensive back room now in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's pretty interesting. I guess they're going all in. Oh shoot! Yeah. Yeah, back to the Jimmy G thing, I'm just, I can't really figure out where the Raiders are at or what they're kind of trying to do. I just feel like (laughs) Jimmy G is just such a lateral move from Derek Carr, especially worse. Like, it just, I don't know, it's like they're trying to act like they're doing something differently, but they're not at all. So, it's it's weird to me. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but anyway, so that's that's the, the biggest free agent move so far. Um, someone who has not been moved yet is Aaron Rodgers, who God knows when he'll decide whether he's retiring or allowing a trade to the Jets or whatnot. Uh, but the Jets did today sign Alan Lazard, uh, and I'm pretty sure he was signed to like a better contract than what Jacoby Myers got, which I don't really, I don't know. I don't love that. So Yeah. 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 And allegedly, they're also after Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis, you know, other ex-teammates of, or I guess still current teammates, maybe, of Aaron Rodgers. Um, so we'll see how many 
Packers receivers it takes to to lure Rodgers in. Imagine yeah. all this happens and it's still Zach Wilson next year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alan Lazard <laughs> regretting all his life choices. Uh, but <laughs> Rodgers just has a yeah. bone to pick with them and he's going to just fake them out and stay. Honestly, like mm-hmm. that would 100% check out though. So we'll see. Oh yeah, I would 100% yeah, believe like, that as well. Apparently he's going to be on the Pat McAfee show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Assuming that's Eastern. So we'll see. We'll I see. I don't know. That's... <laughs> <laughs> If he's going to drop something, it's going to be on that show and like super casually, you know, mm-hmm. he's just gonna... <laughs> like, oh, by the way, yeah, <laughs> going to the Jets, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, but yeah. And then the last bit of NFL news we got news we missed uh, the Bears officially traded the number one overall pick to the Panthers. I forget exactly what the hall was. It was what two first rounders, two second rounders, something like that. And DJ Moore. Oh yeah, DJ maybe, Moore. Maybe a third rounder as well. Yeah. yeah. So. So. Yeah, people are really excited about the DJ Moore acquisition because mm-hmm. he's really good. And now Justin Fields actually has a number one. Yeah. Ooh, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of. Um, a, I've heard yeah. report. Oh, go ahead. You know, no, go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say I've heard reports that they are, uh, the Panthers are apparently considering shopping the number one pick again and like that doesn't make any sense to me why would you give up your best receiver and four picks just to maybe net like an extra pick or two like i don't know what the what the thinking yeah. is there i guess they're banking on it yeah oh, sorry no there's banking on a desperate team like come close to the draft to i don't know pays more i guess for it i don't know i guess like why not shop it you know or why not act like you're shopping it if someone's mm-hmm. gonna give you a better offer than what they gave the bears but I, I agree, though. I, it felt like a pretty reasonable haul for the Bears. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wouldn't expect the Panthers to get all that much more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's also unclear whether the Panthers are like if they've got their guy or they know who their guy is yet. But we'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, but but anyway, moving into our actual segments for the day, uh, we're gonna start. Uh, with the state of the Indianapolis Colts, we're going through every NFL team this offseason from the lowest win percentage to the highest. Uh, we're kind of breaking down where they should go from here. And next up is the Colts, who I believe were the fourth worst team in the NFL mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Um, so, Lucas, we're going to start with you. The Colts went 9-8 and eight in 2021. They regressed to 4-13 and 13 this year. What do they need to do to get back into playoff contention? Um, I mean, to start, this team was just bad all around last year. Uh, they were third worst in scoring offense and fifth worst in scoring defense. So there's, speaking broadly, generally just improvement across the board. But there are a few like specific areas, and then we can open up the conversation more, um, where I think they especially struggled last year, and they need to upgrade if they want to make have any shot at contending this year. First, uh, they need to fix their quarterback situation. I think that is the most obvious and glaring need for the Colts. They had two elite back-to-back quarterbacks in Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, basically back-to-back. But since Luck's retirement, they've had little no success. The Carson Wentz experiment failed. Everything else has sort of failed at that point. But I think last year was the worst of all. Whether it was a washed-up match, Ryan, Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles, they were all dreadful. As a team, they had the fourth-worst passer rating of any team in the NFL last year. And it's just bad all around. So fixing that situation is an immediate fix that'll help them get better. There are some good quarterbacks in the draft this year. There will be some there are four really good quarterbacks this year and they have the fourth pick. So one of them will be left. They are varying degrees of good, but there are four like 
upper echelon guys, they should be able to pick one of them. I don't know who will fall to them at four if they do want to try and trade up with the Panthers again to a one to get their guy, whether that's Stroud or Young or whoever. They'll be able to pick a quarterback, so they absolutely need to do that in this draft. Uh, second, I think just having an adult in the room as a head coach will help them improve this season. Jeff Saturday was an absolute disaster of a head coaching hire. He was never qualified. That was never going to work out. Whether it was allowing the biggest comeback in NFL history or just going 1-7, and seven, yeah, he was just a disaster. Um, so hiring Shane Steichen, who I actually think is one of the better hires this offseason, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, um, will really help. He's an incredible offensive mind. No matter who they draft a quarterback, whether it be Richardson or Stroud or whoever, they will improve on that side of the ball not only because of whoever is the quarterback, but because of Steichen and his scheme. Finally, Couple two small points, and then again we'll open it up. They just need to improve the defense across the board. It was awful last year on every level. There's no one position area that was like particularly mm-hmm. bad compared to the others, whether it be the secondary or the front. They were just bad all around. So just sends the free agent drafts and people. That's a huge priority. Plus, they will get a little help this year coming back from injuries. At the end of the season, um, they were 21st in bus the busted up score or whatever it is that tracks injuries and stuff. So lower half in terms of how much they were hurt by injuries. So, if they want to improve, they got to stay healthy, unlike they did last year. They got to pretty much tinker with the entire defense and fix it. Make sure Steichen is better than Jeff Saturday, which should absolutely happen, given how uniquely unqualified Saturday was for that role and how bad it went. And then just hope whichever the four quarterbacks they draft uh, works out well. It goes back to the conversation we had about how it seemed like Jeff Saturday was hired because he was bad and they were not trying to be a successful team for the rest of that season. Got them mm-hmm. the fourth pick, so I don't know if that's successful or not. Um, I wanted to push back on one thing you said, which is the idea of definitely taking a quarterback at four. In my personal opinion, I feel like the the bottom two guys, uh, Levi's and Richardson, Mm-hmm. are not necessarily worth it. I, I feel like we've seen enough examples of, of teams even like trading up to get their guy. I, the Colts haven't mm-hmm. traded up, but I feel like that might not be a pick mm-hmm. that would actually yield any meaningful results for them as a franchise. Uh, I don't know how much they like them. I mean, obviously, like Richardson, there's the whole thing of like he's built like a Greek god, but can he actually play quarterback successfully? Levi's is like the opposite where he makes a lot of mental mistakes. I don't know if they'll become great quarterbacks. All I'm saying is... I don't think the Colts should be going out of their way to fix that hole in this draft if the guy isn't really a guy that they love. And seeing how the top two guys, three guys even, might be gone by the time they pick, I could see them not loving the guy there. Yeah, and I've heard a bunch of buzz around Anthony Richardson in regards to like Shane Steichen and the fact that you know he made Jalen Hurts work obviously Jalen Hurts is obviously a very different quarterback than Anthony Richardson but he does have experience with like a a running QB Um, I agree with you though I'm not convinced they should take a quarterback at four and I don't know if I have a better solution for them though like I kind of understand why the Colts have been they've been bouncing around from veteran QB to veteran QB because they always think that they're like a year away or so which is not like their their roster is pretty experienced, um, or it's it, you know they're in this weird place where they're a bad team, but it's it's not clear that they're rebuilding or you know resetting anything. So it'd be weird to me for them to take Anthony Richardson or a QB who's not necessarily 
ready right now because they seem to always think that they can be ready or that they can compete in a year. And I feel like the the QBs this year that you would take if you think you can compete are Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So they're going to have to make a decision there as to whether they want to commit to the kind of project QB um, or whether they're just going to sit out this year. That's fair. I do think, though, that like that need is, to some extent, so pressing that they need to do something. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know what necessarily the alternative is. Just, like, run it back another year with, like... Yeah. And I, I think Matt Ryan's still on the roster, right? I don't know if... He, I know there's talk about Yeah, him, he is. Uh, but yeah. I don't... He, I think he's still on the roster. Like, I just don't know, like keeping a veteran or like i don't know substituting in someone equivalent to ryan also just feels like a step yeah back or nothing at this point like mm-hmm. i think there might almost be more value in accepting more of a project um at quarterback and just sort of working with that going forward and building up like that's what happened with manning with luck not that i think any of the guys that are in this draft are going to be manning or luck but that being said, like the strategy of cycling in Wentz and Ryan and all the other guys just hasn't yeah. worked. So I don't know if another year of that is going to yield anything positive. So you might as well try something different. And if you miss one of the top four guys, um, it really, I think, drops off after that. Like, yes, I think there's some separation between the top two and three and four. But I think there's just such a huge separation after that by the time they get to pick again that I'd rather gamble on Richardson or Levi's or someone than... I don't know, try and run it back with Matt Ryan, because that feels like yeah. just a losing battle. Yeah, and you look at the market right now, and it's all the you know reasonable QBs, I feel like, are gone, unless they yeah. tried to go for Lamar Jackson, which is a, a separate conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But besides that, it's pretty thin. Um, honestly, though, I don't think it would be a bad idea on their part to like go for a Hendon Hooker type guy or try to yeah. try to go for that because i'm i'm really not convinced that anthony richardson is going to be better than hendon hooker um and will levi's I have, I have no idea what to to make of him so i don't know I, I agree though in general though that there isn't that much there there's not a whole lot of depth in this qb class so mm-hmm. yeah that's fair as far as who they could sign i, I do think it would uh, benefit them to sign a veteran quarterback who can help mentor the rookie if they go that mm-hmm. route. And like I, I even saw one article saying that Matt Ryan definitely needs to go based on how bad he was last year. But I feel mm-hmm. like Matt, like you could do worse than having Matt Ryan as your veteran mentor for a rookie mm-hmm. just because like he has been yeah. to a Super Bowl. I mean, he, he won an MVP, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's true. So, yeah. I mean, I know he's washed now. He's terrible. He was awful last year, but <laughs> still. Um, just like you were saying, Aiden, the quarterbacks that are left in the market anyway aren't that great. So, yeah just something for them to keep in mind if they want to maybe bring their rookie along a little bit more slowly yeah i feel like the problem with matt ryan though is the cap hit and the like i think he's making like 35 million a year right or something like that which they're gonna like i think it's 18 million it's gonna be dead money right and 17 they could get by you know cutting so it's hard to, I feel like, justify his presence based on that price tag. Maybe they restructure. I mean, it's not like anyone's going to be paying Matt Ryan that kind of yeah. money. So Exactly. That's very yeah. yeah, I think the Lamar question is interesting. I do, yeah. too. I, yeah. I think it's not a terrible fit, either. Yeah. Like, I think Steichen would mm-hmm. do really well at yeah. scheming an offense in that, like, both Lamar and Jalen are both they're both excellent runners and excellent passers and so like it's already the type of quarterback that Steichen has had success with and so I think I don't know that he could do 
he wouldn't have to modify the offense that much. I mean, obviously, there's way different personnel on both teams, but I think that you have the model of the the type of offense that Steichen has run with the Eagles, and I think it could be effective um, with Lamar Jackson. Like, you could do worse going from Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson. Like, he could, I mean, like, I know, like, yeah. Daniel Jones can run, but it's not like, you know, he's Daniel Jones. Like, he, he's a significant upgrade over that. And then I think still at this point roughly equivalent to Hurts as a quarterback. Yeah, and if they do make a move for Lamar, that's that is kind of indicating that they think that they can. I don't know. They're in a weak division. They've got that going for them. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I mostly agree with everything you said, Lucas, in the in the intro. Um, but I, I don't think their defense is like that bad. Or I feel like it, it seemed like from the stats that they were put in a lot of bad positions. Like they had mm-hmm. the I forget what it was. I think they had the seventh worst starting field position of any team, and they're like EPA per play was 13th which is like not that bad um and they did have some injuries they definitely like they're losing guys right like gilmore is gone that kind of thing i think a bunch of the the key pieces were free agents um but it does feel like between that and the fact that they still have jonathan taylor who you know one hopes could still be productive and their offensive line isn't bad even if it's overpaid so it feels like they do have some pieces in place that they could at least be they're a, they could be one of the better teams in the AFC South if they really tried to be and went out and got Lamar. Mm-hmm. The rumors are apparent that they're trying to extend Taylor this offseason, later this offseason, so he should hopefully be there for the foreseeable future. Um, how do you feel about that Bart as a a running back being extended? What, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I, I don't need it yeah. personally, but apparently the owner really likes him, and so you know how owner involvement always goes. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to get what they want. Uh, yeah, I think – I actually don't remember how old Jonathan Taylor is. So yeah. maybe it's – maybe they could still get a few prime years out of him. But, yeah, I mean, it definitely makes sense to keep him and extend him if you're going to be working with a young quarterback for the next few years. He would take a lot of the burden off of him in the offense, Yeah, which is good. Yeah, that's fair. And you kind of touched on one other interesting thing about the Colts, which is like, besides the Cowboys, I'd say, the Colts seem like the team with the second most owner involvement right now. Yeah. So we'll see how that kind of works into the, I'm sure Jim Marseille has something to say about the fourth pick and what they do with that. So. I think he was quoted as saying that he is hands off for everything except for quarterback. Quarterbacks he wants to have his say in, <laughs> mm-hmm. so... Yeah, probably. In there we case. go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should be interesting. Um, but anyway, before we move on to our next segment, a quick word from our sponsors. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament, one of the biggest events in sports, is here. It's March Madness. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and round two of the tourney. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. 
There are a lot of great matchups. We'll see whether uh, all of the one seeds warranted where they got. We got some potential Cinderella stories. We'll be talking about that later in this episode. Definitely a lot of fun storylines in this tourney to keep an eye on. So make sure that you tune in. Now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Speaking of March Madness, we're going to go in and make some predictions uh, about the tournament, which is starting this Thursday. Uh, So exciting stuff for sure. We're going to just yeah, go through some some basic pickums. We're starting with the team who should be on upset alert right now. Bart, we're gonna begin with you. Who should be wary? I'm going with Miami. Miami of five seed. Uh, they're playing against Drake. What's my reasoning? Drake is pretty hot right now. They've won sixteen of their past eighteen, and they have an old, experienced starting five. Their youngest starter is twenty, and their average starter age is twenty-three which is crazy for a college basketball team. Uh, I saw that they're in the top 30 in the country, both in experience and roster continuity. Um, They're really good at rebounding. They're really good at three-point shooting, which I also saw that Miami is not good at defending. And I know it doesn't mean much. It probably means next to nothing. But Drake did win the MVC tournament, so they kind of have the the seasoning now that they can hang with teams and and, bucket out in high-pressure situations. They got Tucker DeVries, who's a walking bucket. And maybe the most important thing is that one of Miami's key players, uh, Norchad O'Meara, hurt his ankle in the ACC tournament. He might be out for this game. If he is even in, he'll be really limited. So apparently that's a really big setback for Miami. So I think Drake uh, could pull this upset off. Yeah, yeah, and I think Tucker DeVries is the coach's son. So you always yeah. love the, that Classic. narrative. Always a good one. But like he's actually good. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anybody can be good if their dad is coached and putting them in all the time, right? Um, but no. Uh, Lucas, who you got? I'm going to go with UConn. Um, I'm a big in the tournament getting hot at the right time, and UConn is doing the opposite of that. And they, they've turned around a little bit at the end of the season. They are getting cold as we sort of go into the tournament. They started off the year excellently. They went 14-0, and but they finished just 11-8 and the rest of the way. Um Yes, they played Marquette close in the Big East semifinal, but I think the overall trajectory of the team is down. Plus, they're playing Iona, who I think is really great. And I'm going to talk about them more in the next segment, so I'll leave this here. <laughs> but I think that Iona is a very good team, um, especially given that UConn has sort of fallen off recently. Um, and I'm going to pick Iona in that game. But when we get to the next segment, I'll fully go in on why I think yeah. Iona will win. Yeah. As opposed to okay, we can talk about Rick Pitino then. Yeah. Um, yes. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for me, I'm going with not actually a round one team that I think is going to be an upset alert, but a round two. I think Purdue uh, against mm-hmm. Memphis, oh. I would be worried. You know, they did just win the Big Ten tournament, so credit credit there. But before that, they were playing 500 ball over their last eight regular season games. They commit a lot of turnovers. They lean a lot on Zach Eady, obviously. Um, and Memphis is a scary team. They they feel significantly underseeded here. They beat Houston a one seed in the AAC tournament and almost beat them another time, like a week and a half ago. They missed, I think, a shot at the buzzer. So they've only lost four games in 2023. I was about to say 2021, which is several years off. Uh, but, but Memphis has been hot. Uh, the biggest thing standing in their way 
is a very legit Florida Atlantic team that they'll play in the first round, um, who is on a seven-game winning streak. Before that was on a 20-game winning streak. Um, if they can make it past Florida Atlantic, I think Memphis will take out Purdue. Okay, moving on to most likely Cinderella team, a, a related topic. Bart, back to you. I'm going with Oral Roberts. Um, disregard the fact that they're playing Duke in the first round. That's a terrible matchup, but I'm still going to say Oral, Oral Roberts just because that's, <laughs> that's what the numbers indicate. They have won 17 straight and also 27 of their past 28. They are third in points per game, second in three-pointers made, and 15th in free throw percentage. In other words... They have the offensive ingredients to upset teams and take advantage of little random things that happen in a sample size of one, a.k.a. March Madness matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a guy that they can rely on down the stretch in Max Abmus. He's seventh in the country in points per game, so they have a diff- like a go-to guy who can take over. And I also saw the randomest stat. I don't even know where the person <laughs> found this stat. They are first in the country in 10-0 scoring runs. I would like to know where you get that information. <laughs> but that's another thing that indicates that they can take advantage of randomness and uh, random mistakes to help go and upset some teams. They reached the Sweet 16 as the 15 seed two years ago, so this school has this lunch pail mentality that I know all three of us adore. So I'm going with Oral Roberts, even though I am making no claims about this Duke matchup because I think Duke is actually quite good. But leave yeah. that leave that aside. <laughs> I strongly consider that, but I think Duke is just like the worst possible matchup they could have gotten in the first round. Like if yeah. they've been seated against anybody else, I would have been like slam dunk maybe even sweet 16, but Duke has just been on a run yeah. recently, so yeah. I'm like yeah. 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 I would love to see it though, Bart. I really would take down Duke. Yeah. yeah. And I agree. They seem like a like an actually threatening team. Um Lucas, who do you have? Um I alluded to earlier, I'm going to go with Iona um they've been hot recently too they haven't lost since january they've won their last 14 straight they play great press defense they create turnovers they don't turn over the ball they have an experienced coach eric patino they won the maac easily plus they have three guys averaging more than 15 points a game you have walter clayton jr especially leading the way he's shooting almost 43 percent from three averaging basically 17 points a game i think teams that take care of the ball can shoot from three help with upsets and I think that's exactly what Iona does. And so I'm picking Iona. And it kind of pairs again with uh, with UConn, um, who they're playing in the first round. But I think Iona is my most likely Cinderella team as mm-hmm. well. I think I think having Rick Pitino, despite yeah. everything else with the controversies, he's still a very good person at coaching basketball. And I think yeah. that shows in Iona. Yeah, and it's interesting because it sounds like this will be the year that Rick Pitino comes back to, you know, the majors of sorts, mm-hmm. right? Um and yeah, we saw that with like Will Wade, I think was the former LSU coach who also had a bunch of uh, scandals around him. I think was just mm-hmm. hired by someone, someone I think significant. I got back Maybe. to listeners on that. Um, but I've heard that. <laughs> but Rick Pitino apparently is a target for St. John's, who was mm-hmm. my team growing up because my grandpa went there. Um, nice. And it sounds mm-hmm. like like after this tournament, he'll be back in like the Big East or, you know, back in a, a serious kind of conference. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of the, oh yeah, Will Wade went to McNeese State, so that's not really a major, but he's, he's going the Iona Rick Pitino route and he'll eventually Mm -hmm. work his way back. Um, people are apparently very forgiving about these things. Um, in terms of my Cinderella team, I had Drake, uh, so I think, I think that's a really good pick. Uh, another team that I, I saw was, um, Vermont, who's playing Marquette, who Marquette has been very hot. I think it's kind of hard to pick against Marquette, um. 
but they're the now the smallest betting favorites of the two seeds. They're a ten and a half point favorite. I think they opened as a thirteen and a half point favorite. Um, and Vermont's an wow. experienced team. They don't turn the ball over. They play solid defense. They got some shooters. Uh, so I feel like they have all the ingredients for taking down or you know making a big upset and going on a run. It's also apparently they've made the tournament. They've over the last twenty years they've been in the tournament nine times. They're pretty experienced. Um, I'm pretty sure they had an upset a couple of years ago. So we'll see. I, th- I think that they have an opportunity to to maybe rattle Shaka Smart and uh, Marquette a little bit. I, I read. I th- is this true? I think I read that Shaka Smart hasn't won a tournament game since uh, he led. Was it VCU on their miraculous run a few years Has ago? Has it been since then? That's crazy. I so, didn't know that. That's kind of so crazy. he didn't win one at Texas. I guess not. Uh, listeners, don't quote me on this. Do your own no, research. You're, you're, no, you're correct. No, that okay, checks out. Right. I mean, yeah, he was he was disappointing, well, but anyway. Yeah, he he last won one when he was at VCU. He did. It wasn't the Final Four run. It was two oh, years later. Okay, okay. But but not but, since leaving. But not since leaving. Yeah. 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 I've always liked him though. I'm happy to. I would. I, I would love to see his. <laughs> you know, I would love to see Vermont win, but I'd also like to see Shaka Smart finally get the the W. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did win the NIT though in 2019. So, hey, so what do you, you really know. need? You know, yeah. <laughs> you see that UNC turned down the NIT. I did, yeah. Which is interesting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, moving on to our next topic, we got breakout star of the tournament, Bart. Again, starting with you. Yeah, as soon as one of you said that UConn might falter, I uh, thought this is awkward because I'm going with Jordan Hawkins of (laughs) UConn here. Um, I actually, from what I saw, again, I know next to nothing about college basketball this year. (laughs) What I saw is I felt like a lot of people actually think UConn has the ingredients to make a run, which is where I'm coming from with this. He is their Mm -hmm. second best scorer. Um, Last season, he averaged just 5.8 points per game. This season, he elevated. He's up to 16. He's one of the best scorers uh, in the Big East. He's just a jump shooter. He makes terrific. He's got a beautiful stroke. He's excellent off of screens. He can make really well contested shots. So I feel like if UConn makes a run, he's going to be the kind of guy uh, who's going to be you know making some key plays for them. He's also got bunnies, and so I'm predicting that we will see mm-hmm. at least one, maybe several posters from this guy over the course of this tournament. Of course, if they don't lose in the first round, <laughs> um, he's not perfect. Like in, for example, in their last game, he shot two for eleven against Marquette, and they lost mm-hmm. that game. He's still pretty raw, raw, basically. So he's the kind of guy, apparently, that draft scouts are going to like watching if they are banking on upside. He's got a lot of upside. And so I'm saying maybe he can break out in this tournament um, and raise his draft stock, which is right now somewhere in the middle to late first round. So we'll see. If UConn can make a run, I think he's going to be a really important part of it. Now I'm just hoping that UConn loses first round but there are like four poster dunks during that loss. You know, that's... (laughs) It will all be right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Posters get you drafted. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Lucas, who do you got? I'm going to go with Jalen Hood-Shafino, who is a guard from Indiana. And might have been Aiden's. I don't really know, based on his reaction on the screen. But I'm I'm big on IU this year. Um, Indiana, the abbreviated as IU, for those that don't know. And I think that Hood-Shafino is going to be a large part of the reason why they make some noise in the tournament this year. Um, He plays guard, but he is... Big. He's 6'6", 215. He shoots 36% from three. He's a good passer. And when he played Purdue, he, he dropped 35 in that win over Purdue. So he knows how to play in the big games. He's all the physical attributes. Things I'm reading are saying he's 
moved his way up to be a first round pick in the in the NBA draft if he went out, uh, which he almost certainly will. Um, so yeah, I think Kuchifino is poised for a pretty big tournament, and I think Indiana's gonna gonna make some noise as well in this one. Yeah, cut to me frantically trying to find another player. <laughs> but, no, I, I like that pick a lot too because yeah, I, I feel like he can get hot. Um, and like over the course of the season, I think he averaged like thirteen and a half a game. But he had a couple of games where he just really went off, like that Purdue game. He also dropped thirty three on Northwestern, another tournament mm-hmm. team. Um, so if he kind of if Indiana goes far, I'd imagine that he's going to be a part of it. Um, and so I could see him being the kind of breakout star from them. So yeah, yeah. Okay, now to the big ticket items. We're going to go through our final four picks. Bart, beginning with you. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do anything too crazy here. I've got one-seeded Houston coming out of the Midwest, one-seeded Alabama coming out of the South. I do have Marquette coming out of the East, so hopefully that Vermont upset does not happen. And then my really random pick, just because like, it never is 1-1-1-1, I'm taking Gonzaga out of the West. Uh, I slept on Kansas last year. It bit me. So guess what? I'm doing it again. I don't think Kansas deserves to be that one seed. We'll see what happens. So I got Houston, Bama, Marquette, Gonzaga. Okay. Yep. That seems reasonable. Yeah, Lucas. Um, I filled out my bracket. I didn't intend to do this, but I picked all the two seeds. Um, I think that Arizona is going to go through. Um, I think they'll plot a win against Bama. There's a lot of reasons to think that they could in a one game. Uh, off beat them i love marquette we'll, we'll get to marquette in a second spoiler but they've been super hot recently yeah. um and i think they are just playing incredible i love shaka smart i think they will get out especially because i think like you alluded to earlier aiden i think purdue is going to get upset at some point in the tournament maybe it'll be in the elite eight to marquette but i could see them losing to memphis mm-hmm. or whoever they play in the sweet 16 as well um big texas because i think they're better than houston um Houston losing to Memphis in the AAC title game, I think, sort of knocked them back in my mind a little bit. Um, given that I, the AAC is not a super strong conference. I saw Houston play live this year when they played Temple. Not the game where Temple yeah. won, the, the one where Houston <laughs> beat them down. But um, I don't know. If they had been able to convincingly win the AAC, I would have been like, okay, this is a significantly better team. But I think Texas will have the edge in that Elite Eight matchup. And then I'm going to go with UCLA just because, hmm. I don't know. I think it's it's basically 50-50 between them and Kansas in my mind. And so I just gave it to UCLA because I think it's hard to ever repeat. And so I'll give the edge to somebody else then. Yep. That's fair. Okay. For mine, um, I have Bama uh, coming out as, yeah, number one overall seed. I think they're still going to make the final four. Um, I have Duke after that, a late bloomer. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and a kind of a sexy pick now, right? That they're on a eight game winning streak when they ACC tournament. Um, but I'm not all that scared uh, of anyone in their region at the moment. So I feel like I feel like they have a good shot there. Um, after that, I've also got Texas. I yeah, I couldn't bring myself to pick Houston because I'm I'm not totally convinced on them. Um, even though I feel like they've made some good runs the last couple of years. I also considered Indiana there. Um, yeah, mm. but. I, and I'm I'm not all that high on Texas to be honest, but I think that when Texas has been heating up shooting of late, and so I think they could at least make it to the final four. Um, and I've also got the Zags in the, in the final region. Yeah, I and I'm not another one that I'm not particularly happy about. I was between them and UConn, but I, I'm kind of with Lucas that the UConn's kind of coldness of late worried me a little. 
Um, so, so yeah, I've got. It's funny because I feel like the Zags underperform a lot when they're one seeds. So I'm finally gonna pick them when they're, um, you know, a, a three seed or whatever. Uh, but they have been kind of streaking of late. Um, so yeah. Okay, yeah. now for all the marbles, the champion, Bart, you got? Uh, allow me to make the case for Houston, since we seem low on Houston today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after this, we just drop the mic and the conversation. No. Um, okay, first of all, this is assuming Marcus Sasser is healthy or gets healthy quickly because mm-hmm. he's a key cog for them, and it sounds like he's going to be okay, but it's still not clear. Uh, I'm going to be honest, Lucas, I don't care at all about the championship loss to Memphis, and that's just me being like, you know, irrational because I can be. <laughs> but they are 2-1 and one against them this year, so I don't know. 31-3, and three, they're just so many indications that they're the most well-rounded team in the country. They're the only team in the country that's top 11, cherry-picked number, but top 11 in both <laughs> offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, they're really good at rebounding. They take good care of the ball. They're just like a super gritty, hard-nosed, outplay-you, out-tough-you kind of team. And you know where I'm going with this? When in doubt, follow the money. Who does Vegas like? Vegas likes Houston. Why should I disagree? Again, that's, I think that's assuming Sasser is healthy, but still. So I think yeah. he, like they've just been so good this year in so many different ways. I know they play in what you would call a weaker conference, but I don't care. I like Houston. Yep. No, I think that's the, that seems reasonable. Okay, Lucas. Well, Bart, I see all your statistics and logic and raise you the vibes of who I think is going to win this year. <laughs> I feel like every year I do like research into this and like pick. And I think, or, but the last couple of years I've done this, I've been like, you know what? Whenever I do that, I'm in like last place in every bracket pool I'm in. So I'm just going to pick based off who I yeah. like and who has fun energy. So I'm picking Marquette, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think is like a crazy out there pick either, given things I talked about earlier like i like teams that get hot at the right time uh you kind of think it's sort of the opposite of that but i think marquette has won 14 of the last 15 they won the big east tournament i love shaka smart as a coach um and so yeah i think the combination of being hot at the right time i think the big east is a pretty good conference this year mm-hmm. as well they played some good competition uh beating yukon creighton etc um plus i don't know it has the energy of Notre Dame to me. It's like a mid-sized Catholic school in the Midwest. I like Milwaukee as a city. I like the Big East as a conference. I don't know. Yeah. Vibes combined with the fact that they've been really hot recently, and I think they have a very good coach. So, Marquette. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree that I've always found them kind of fun to root for, but I think I've also had a bias for small or smaller Catholic schools <laughs> in basketball. Yes. It uh, is. It I, is the Notre Dame. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that's repeated in us all. Just how my, my, when my mom's filling out her bracket, that is all she considers when picking them. It's just like, oh, like Georgetown, okay, Marquette, like just like uh-huh. go down the list of Catholic schools, picks them, which honestly works okay in college basketball historically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But okay, for for my pick, I'm going boring. I don't think I've ever picked the number one overall seed, uh, and it's possible that I'll revert this by you know thursday but i'm picking bama mm. I, and it's largely by process of elimination i i don't they're not a fun team to root for obviously with all their controversies this year um, but they have been pretty dominant and they've you know lost only two games in a pretty good sec they beat houston in houston earlier in the year which is pretty impressive and besides houston which i i think the points you made Bart, were pretty valid Besides that, I'm not impressed with the number one seeds or a lot of the other favorites. Like, I'm not super high on Kansas. Um, they, you know, got blown out by Texas in the Big 12 final and whatnot. They're 
potentially without Bill Self. Um, you've also got, yeah, Purdue, as I said earlier, I'm not that high on. I think UCLA seems reasonable given that they have experience, but they're kind of injured at the moment yep. um, or they've, they've had some injury issues. So I'm, I'm going with Bama as a result of that. Um, and yeah, we'll see. I, I kind of want to switch to someone who's more fun to root for, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Honestly, Lucas, to your point about like vibes, I know people will just pick based on logos or colors, right? And yeah. then you just mm-hmm. win your group bracket. So yeah. what logic is there? I know. Tell me now. I know. There's no point in it. Okay. <laughs> All your stats, Bart, take them, throw them out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I would, yeah. We'll see. Um, it won't make the news quite like March Madness, but uh, there's also a podcast March Madness happening right now. And hopefully we're your champions. Let us know if we are by giving us a five-star re- review and clicking, not even clicking, smashing the download button. You know where we're at on social media. It's lunchpailguys underscore TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Let us know what you think. Uh, this is our only episode this week. So don't sit around waiting for another one this week as there will not be an upload and you will not get any sleep while you wait for that. So thank you for listening and we'll catch you all back next week.